Hello, hello, everyone. Amanda Grace here with you tonight. Tonight is Grace Out Loud. I'm going to be bringing my co-host, Marty Grisham, in in a moment. Hello to everyone on. Hello to our team and our moderators. And uh, I'm going to bring Marty on in just a moment to pray. I do. I am trying to get used to lights in the office. So I'm trying not to get distracted by them because there are these new ring lights so you can see me better. The animals are out. Um, I'm just getting something here that the, I don't know if it's having trouble broadcasting to rumble. Rumble just went out for some reason. Okay. Rumble just went out. Um, and so it's been one of those days. It, you ever feel like you want to move out of the state? I had one of those days. I actually started looking at properties outside of New York state this afternoon. Uh, and so, yep, it's been one of those days. The birds are out. You may see them both. Uh, oh, wait, I'm going to bring Marty in and I'm going to go open the door for Grace because the door to the bird cage is closed, which I think is okay for now. I'll keep an eye on it. If I have to get up, I will. But let's bring in Marty. Hello. Hey, Amanda. How, How are, are you? you? Just wonderful. Another day and another chance to live by faith. Praise God. Wouldn't you agree, Amanda? That's all I got to live by right now, Marty. So <laughs> I'm going to have to. Uh, okay. You want to open up in prayer, Marty? You know, I would love to praise the Lord. Let's okay. just spit a loogie in the devil's eye. Okay. okay That's a, a good way to put it. A little country spit talk, a Amanda. In the devil's yeah. eye. You, I mean, you're a country girl. I know where you live. You're, you're, Marty, you're living you in the should, country. You should wear a t-shirt like that. Yeah. That's actually mm -hmm. really good. So yeah. <clears throat> I like that. Okay. So, Father, we and I'll just make one for Jenny, too. Father, we just thank you, Father. <clears throat> oh, Father, you're so good. You're so faithful. We just glorify you. We uplift your holy name. Lord, we're asking that everything we speak, we just submit ourselves unto you, that your heart, your mind, and your intentions just flow to us and through us, that the very your very plan for this hour for there's much turmoil, Father. There's much been taking place. There's been much confusion. Many have, have gripped a hold of fear. So we're asking for you to use the offices that were called, these the, the culmination of these two ministries together tonight in this episode, Father, to just bring light to the darkness, to bring light to the role of the church, the role, the very role of the body of Christ in what we're to do. So we're asking you to just... Just lead us prophetically through the word and through prayer and through just insight and revelation so that we can share with others what we need to do to rise up and take our place. As we spoke last time together, Father, authority always is accompanied by responsibility. So tonight we carry on from the last week and we say, now, how do we do it? What do we do? What is our responsibility? If authority brings a revelation of, of, of responsibility, then how do we implement it? How is it applicable in our lives? Father, show us how to pray. Show us how to stand on the word. We're asking for that light tonight in the precious name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your gifts and your goodness tonight. I thank you for all of our listeners that the distractions of their day will just fade away during this next hour and that I just feel the peace of God right there. It just, it just turned on like turning on a spigot right now that the peace of God will just settle through the screens and through the, the internet. I just feel it right there. It's just such a strong anointing. 
that peace would just come through. For many have been concerned, many have lost sleep, many have feared what tomorrow brings. We, we, we take care of tomorrow and the authority that you've given us. We say what tomorrow brings. We rise up in our place in the authority of the believer, and we take care of the enemy. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for revelation upon these things tonight, the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. I'm talking for a minute, Marty, while I open the, the bird's cage yeah. door. So everyone, I hope you have some caffeine because I have a little bit of caffeine. Let's drink a little bit of caffeine. Mm. Now, gumbo, I couldn't find gumbo, but I couldn't did find, find Princess, Princess Ann Dewey. Oh, oh, yes. She's we have a sweetheart. Yes. She's a let's sweetheart. Do the, um, let's do the caption this. Let's do that, Amanda. Of Princess Ann Dewey, right? Mm. Okay. Um, which one am I going to... Wait, is mine up? Hold on. Yes, it is. Okay, Marty. I haven't <clears> sent <throat> it to you, so you haven't seen this yet. So no, this I do not know what's fly. going on. Okay, so here's my caption this. Oh, my. Let me make that big on my screen. Holy moly, I see cats everywhere. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. Okay. Um, I just kind of feel like you talking to me? Talk. I, I, I would I would call that, this private eyes or watching you. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like that's a sassy cat right there. Uh-huh. I don't know. What's what's Jester that cat's name? Is in the middle. The one you see with just her ear is Sadie, and then there's little Bixby peeking going up the second staircase. Yeah, I thought that was a cat up there. Wow. Yep, that's a little Bixby. That's one <clears> of our newest. Okay. And then well, Marty sent me a gem. Yeah, it's a sweet one now. Just a pretty one. Mm, mm, mm. Already? This is <sighs> what I got sent. This was a, a recent photo shoot. This was right in the middle of a recent photo shoot that we had um, where Princess, Princess Ann Dewey, uh, she's been dating Gumbo. She was uh, just, you know, doing a little photo shoot, just having a little time in the lights. And we just kind of got this shot taken. She so. looks more like Shirley Temple. You know the Drake, the Shirley Temple? It's well, all red. She, she looks like a yeah, and the, and, right now. And the princess sings. So I, I see the resemblance. I see that. Uh-huh. So this is the kind of things Marty sends me that keeps me up at night. Yes, absolutely. Are these images. (laughs) Okay, so we're done with caption this for the week. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, well. So. So. Well, we've had had a few challenges. We actually were going to have... We, we've had a few disturbances on our nights with Grace Out Loud, but I think we're just getting them all. So we're on, a, on, a, on a, an unusual night tonight. Mm-hmm. And so okay. I think we'll be, I don't know if we'll be starting back on a Monday or a Thursday. We'll figure that out. Um, and But I couldn't do it tomorrow night because we're actually traveling during that time. So tonight worked out really well. So I'm really excited that we could get the show. How many shows? Is this 14 or 13? I think it's 14. It's, I, yeah, it might be 14. <laughs> well, that's such a blessing. Praise God. Yes, yeah. it is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a blessing. I know you have a lot of good uh, different guests and different things. You 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 cover a lot of – I watch some of your shows. It's really good. And so I hope we can bring something from a different perspective. 
you know, my call to ministry during this season has been to the nation, some, and mm-hmm. then also to the body of Christ. And mm-hmm. and I know a large part of your heart and your call as well is to get the body of Christ and try to get them in position. And that's kind of a theme that we've always had with Grace Out Louds, try to get the body of Christ into a place of usability by the Father, to get the body of Christ into a place where they're stepping into their role. That's what's so beautiful about the many thousands of authority of the believers that you've given out for free, because it literally is one of the best books in the world outside of the Bible to cause people to get into their place, to understand if things are wrong, we need to do something about it. Well, that's exactly right. Hold on one second. I think I'm going to talk. <laughs> Just when I'm going to talk mm. is when I start coughing. I know, right? <clears throat> so. Well, the authority of the believer is very important. Yeah. People have to learn how to use it, you know. Um, church isn't just about coffee bars and potluck dinners. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, people like those things, but it's more than that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I don't know. I think the way sometimes the American church is, it's very different <laughs> than how the New Testament church was started and what they used to do. I think they used to get together for a meal and then pray together, right? Is that what they did? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even in the last hundred years, I believe the church and those that are on fire for God, there's a different picture. There's a different view because, you know, when the TV came out and then screens come out and distractions come out and sports came to a place where they were something that would gather more than 150 people, gathering thousands of people, all of these things begin to become really important to man where it used to be. I mean, when there wasn't electricity, what'd they do, Amanda? They, they went to bed when the sun went down, you know I mean? They had a candle. They would read many times. They'd read the Bible. They'd read books. They'd read literature. The family was a unit where they looked up the parents, you know, instilled things into the children. The children would draw things and, and looked forward to those times with the parents. Much of that has kind of become really confusing, confusing today and kind of wish-washed and, and kind of murky. Um, still, there are still many families that do these things, but a large part, it's kind of faded away. And so the family structure, I know Aaron and I were talking a while back, and the Lord was dealing with him about one of the yeah. major things the enemies come against is the family structure. Because if you can break down that, that's where the parents are no longer training up the children in the way they should go in the things of God. And so you have a major dysfunction in society when that happens. You know, we need to instill things into our children, something that government's not responsible to do and incapable of doing, something the school you send them to, same thing. And so even our church, they have a limited time and they don't have the ability or the right to be able to speak into our children the way that we as parents. So even I'm telling you, just even in the this week, you know, my one sweet little baby boy who's still at home, who's as big as I am now. I'm endeavoring to instill things. I'm endeavoring to spend extra time in conversation about the things of God to just explore, you know, because it's just our, our they're with us so long, you know. So that's one of the major factors of, um, you know, why things are looking different. You know, just the the, the home churches, you know, we're in huge buildings now, yeah. 40, 50, 100 million dollar mm-hmm. buildings. 
uh, and it's become so much about a building. It's become so much about a mass of people that the quantity of people have replaced the quality of the people, the quality of the time we're together, you know? So what's your thoughts? Well, you know, it, it becomes hard because sometimes people make the building more important than the relationship and the, the extracurricular activities in the building more important than the relationship. And if we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, then we have to take care of this temple first Yeah, with the Lord because that's where the Ruach HaKadosh dwells. And so <laughs> what happens is sometimes people neglect this and then you have a bunch of people going into a building that have really neglected the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then on top of it, you want to move of God. Sometimes that's not the best combination. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I just saw one of the comments. You know? Someone asked this question. How do you fix it when there's a broken home? You know, I have to say, um, <clears throat> I came from a broken home. Yeah. The most powerful thing in, I think you can do to just get things going the right direction is just bringing it before the father. You know, one time I, I tell this story pretty often. One time I was walking downstairs and the Holy Spirit said to me, basically just quicken me. Um, you're not going to get much from me. You've not been asking for hardly anything. Because in my mind, I was thinking, oh, I need this. Oh, and I need this. Because I'm thinking about ministerial things and life and, and, and mine and Jenny's relationship and the boys and all the stuff we're doing. And the Holy Spirit says, you're not hardly getting anything from me because you're not asking. I need legally for you to begin to ask. There's things I can give through grace, but much I want to bring into you. It needs to start with a prayer. It needs to start with that communication. So concerning broken homes, concerning like, okay, I've got children not right now not living for God, but they're in my home. What do I do with this situation? They won't even listen to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bringing it before the Father. See, the Bible says all things, nothing you know excluded. What you do? No, you all you things step are possible. Out of the way, you the Lord. My really? best advice yeah. is that you have to step out of the way and let the Lord throw them flat on their face. You have to to let the Lord rest them, and you can't intervene. You yeah. can pray, but if they're an adult, they have to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if they're, you know, in their late teens, they have to begin to work that out as they are coming upon adulthood yeah. with the Lord, you know? And sometimes too much intervention becomes enabling becomes a safety net and that's what they think god is a 911 god where i don't have to pay attention unless i need something or i've made a mess in my life and i want god to come in and clean it up because kids get an idea of who god is from their parents yeah they get an idea of that and i think this is why we see um so many issues with the younger with the younger generation right now because i think that's where really you know what i mean all of these really came to the fore in full force, these issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, having a prayer ministry, it's, it's really awakening over the last few years, endeavoring to grow prayer groups and do things. It's really interesting. The number of men I've in, tried to get to just show up and pray for one hour a week with other men and other, their, you know, their own friends. 
and some would show up for a while. And, and I honor that. I really do respect that. I'm not trying to put anything down. I'm just saying there's so many distractions and there's so little dedication. There's so many distractions and there's so little hunger, you know, and it's a shame that mankind, the number one way that causes them to hunger after God is a really big problem. It's a shame because you can stir up your own initiative, your own spiritual initiative and hunger, or you can let pressure do it for you. Pressure through problems, pressure through challenges, pressure through people, pressure through losing your job and now I can't pay my bills. Oh God, I'm crying out to you. Well, why didn't you cry out a month before this? you came to this place? Maybe you wouldn't have come to this place. And so all of us, every single one of us, and I'm talking all of us are have been in guilt and at fault in this to some extent that we have relied on pressure and challenges to make us hunger after God, run after God, that extra prayer time, instead of just doing it on our own. But always remember that was back to that same responsibility. We all can say, just come up with a plan, a plan of hunger. I mean, I don't, a plan of passion. There you go. Write a piece of paper at the top, my plan for passion, and just give a little time to him here and there, and then let it grow and let it grow and let it grow. Because the devil and your flesh do not like God, and they both want to keep you away from God. You have to push through your stinky veil of flesh that hates to pray, that hates to read the word. It's going to revert to a ball game. It's going to revert to a movie. It's going to revert to so many different things. I know because I've done it 10,000 times because we're all, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Put together a plan, a simple plan of passion to begin to just give him nuggets of your time and watch him begin to turn that little spark into a fire. But you got to give him something to work with. You do have to give him something to work with. And, um, you know, somebody asked in the chat, what about adult children who have seen the evil of priests and have fallen away? If they don't want God judging them based on somebody else's actions, then they cannot judge God based on the actions of a priest. Yeah. That is unfair to do to Very Almighty much. God. It is not right. It is not just. Would you like God judging you for something somebody did in California? <laughs> no. That you had, you know, no influence in, and you had no part of. And God's now going to judge you and say how He feels about you based on that. That's what you're doing when you yeah. judge God based on what somebody has done. And if you don't want Him doing it to you, don't do it to Him. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. So to kind of shift gears a little purposefully to look, uh-huh. let's, cause I the last over the last few weeks, my heart, my heart and my ministry has been moving towards the nation. Some with the things that's happened with the president, with things that have happened in every walk of life of the political scenes and different scenes, you know, and I know these things have been going on for some time, but the the Lord had never released me to start moving that direction. He kept me focusing on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He kept me focusing on the body of Christ, showing me, giving me insight there, giving me prophetic things there to bring light there. Um, but now there's a little bit of a shift where he's adding on some national things too, and I'm walking that out in prayer. And so just last time we were together, I 
come out with the truth or the the, the enlightenment that we're going to start a prayer, basically a, a, a an online prayer together. All everyone who wants to join, Loudmouth Prayer Nation, and I've been every day been thinking about it, praying about it, bringing it before the Lord, seeing what that looks like, and I really have come down to just teaching a very balanced, um, very powerful, spirit-led form of intercession, interceding for the nation, and we could pull out specific states and leaders and different things, um, and then then do that for a short period every session and then move over to actual intercession, actual prayer times. Mm-hmm. And before I say any more, I'd like to say with you know Dutch sheets, Tim sheets, and just so many amazing men and women. I could go right on down the list. So many amazing men and women of God out there who have been doing prayer for so many years. It is an all we're endeavoring to do is just bring the supply that we can to join in. Those guys have been saving our nation and plowing the way, doing so much for so long, and we just we're now being directed to help bring a supply and to do what we can as well. To join it because it's about unity. It's about all of us coming together. Um, and I know your heart. You've been you've been called to the nation and international prophetically for some time now. And so, um, what what have you been seeing? What's the Lord been dealing with you lately about the nation? And what's some, like if you were to be give the the top three prayer items that you know, like we could just jump on and start praying for the nation. What would those be? <clears throat> The top prayer items would be that the church or the body of Christ has to get in fighting shape. So praying that the body of Christ gets itself in fighting shape and really comes into the fullness of the authority of the believer. So that's one of the prayers. Yeah. The second prayer i would say is for the lord to redeem the covenant right Mm. now the covenant is so under attack and has been so tainted um and so spit upon and so that we need the lord to redeem the covenant secondly thirdly is that leaders who want to lead fully Submit, surrender, and come under the yoke of that standard of Almighty God that God is raising fully, not partially, not I'm going to dip my toe in, not I'm going to say one scripture verse in my speech, but fully, no more dabbling, no more playing around, that the valley of decision has come for leaders who want to lead, and we have to pray that they understand why surrender is important in this hour yeah that the god of judgment and the god of justice is watching their every move for them to wake up every single day and feel the weight of that not the weight of you know the million dollars given to them under the table not the weight of their party not the weight of all the pressures and all the challenges and businesses they might have money invested in, not the weight of all those that have come and, and, uh, you know, tried to, Hey, you know, let's meet and we give you lunch. Let me take you on a trip. You know, if you could Mm -hmm. nudge your lawmaking and your decisions this way, it would be a blessing to us and we'd bless you. No, no, the highest 
the highest court of the land is the court of God and that the judge who sits on the throne is watching your every decision because when you make a decision in this nation, you're affecting his body. And if you rule wrongly over his body, there's divine eternal consequences to that. You know, I heard my whole life, I've trained for ministry for many, many years, and I've heard my whole life as a minister, you have to be careful what you say. You have to be careful what you do because people hear you and it can affect their life. And what, are we going to not consider that with the leaders of the land? We're not going to consider that the same way that those in government and those in political office don't even have a greater yeah. weight because they're 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 making decisions over the saved the pre, the you know the body of Christ and over the precious fruit of the earth the most precious in the earth is the precious fruit that's not even received Christ so they're making decisions trying to stop the body to bring the message of the gospel to the precious fruit let me tell you something there is a heavy hand of God judging that. So I agree with you. I'm just trying to put a different spin on it, but yeah, uh, yeah, very good. Hmm. Well, mm. praise the Lord. You know, it's <clears throat> when it comes to a nation. So if we take the nation of Germany for a minute, right, and we look at what happened, because you know, a wise person learns from other people's mistakes and they don't repeat them. Yeah. And so there's Chet screaming, speaking of wise. <laughs> um, and uh, Grace better be nice. In, in Germany, D- <clears throat> Dietrich Bonhoeffer himself <laughs> said, the church is the conscience of the state. The church is the conscience of the state. When the church mm, is the good. conscience and the conscience is allowed to be seared. Oh, my. By being too close to the embers of the state and allowing the embers of the state too much to sear and cauterize it through different means, what happens? There is no standard and no conscience to push back and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And what happened in Germany was you had 18,000 Protestant pastors at the time. Only three of the 18, which is a sixth, signed the document, the Confessing Church, Mm. to take a stand against what they saw happening with the Nazi party coming up the ranks so fast and what was going to happen. Another 3,000 of that 18,000 sided with Hitler and promoted the agenda of Hitler while claiming to serve God, which Mm. we see kind of going on right now in some of the churches in America. That leaves you 12 churches. So we have 12,000 churches left, which is interesting. is the number of what? Government and rule. It's also the 12 tribes of Israel. So 12 is an interesting number in this. 12,000 of them remained silent. They faltered between two opinions. They remained silent. They spoke not a word. And that is why what happened in Germany happened. Because had three to 6,000 more pastors from that 12,000 sided with the confessing church, <clears throat> Hitler would have never rose to power. The stand in there. 
Yeah. It's really, really powerful. The time we're in right now, even right now, how you're even talking about Germany and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that that we're living in such a time right now that this is a discussion comparing it to the type and the shadow of what we're dealing with and where we've been. It's really interesting times. You know, now if you go back to the days of Noah, the days of Noah was so bad that God said, I wish I wouldn't have made man. So some say, hey, we're in the days of Noah now. Because the Bible makes reference that in the days of Noah these things will happen, um, or that of, of the you know like the days of Noah, and some say, but we're not like the days of Noah in Genesis six. We're not like those days because God is not looking at us through the eyes of I wish I wouldn't have made man. He's looking at us through the eyes of victory. I mean, Lord have mercy. Every single thing we look at, Amanda, we have to look at through the eyes of victory. We are the triumphant church, but it's exactly what you said. So I asked you the three things to pray for, and one of those was that the church would get in place, begin to battle, begin to access and exercise the authority of the believer, and take their place that they've already been given. We're a victorious church, but a victorious church that's not doing the works of victory looks like a defeated church. Um, praying for the leaders. There's so many things in the word of God that shows us exactly what to do, how to get into a winning mood. Praying for the leaders is one of those. In 1 Timothy 2, it said, I therefore, in verse 1, therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, the giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, those are like presidents, and all who are in authority. That we may lead, so that Christians, so that you and I, Amanda, and all of us listening, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. And then he goes on to say, for that's good and acceptable in the sight of God, for God desires that all men come to be saved. So we need to understand it's God's will for the body of Christ right now to go to work until all men are saved and come to the knowledge of truth. I'm reading 1 Timothy 2, 4. It's God's plan. So if you're ever like, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know. I mean, I know he's. I know Marty did 30 days to pray to help me find my plan and my purpose so I could follow God, but I still don't know what to do. Listen, it's right here in verse 4. We are to work together until all men are saved and all come into the knowledge of truth. And if you ever wonder what truth, read the next verse, because the truth is there's one God, one mediator, Jesus. There's one man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom. So literally the truth is even being shown in verse five. So the plan of God is that we go get the world and with the truth that he's shown right here in verse five. If we would rise up and pray the way we're supposed to and supplicate and intercede the way we're supposed to, there would be so many leaders that would be kicked out of their seat of leadership. But but listen, I can't preach to you. I can't preach to your followers because honestly, Amanda, we're the ones that are awake to this. Yeah. It's we need so, to go yeah. wake up 70 to 80 to 90% of the body of Christ who's mm-hmm. sitting around twiddling their thumbs, who ministers the ministers don't even know the truth of God's word. They don't know or care about learning about. They are so comfortable in their little role. It's 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 a shame. They not even embrace the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. They they say that God can't heal today. It's an absolute shame 
the crazy stuff that they're pouring in the lives of people. Yeah. They're it's saying, true. hey, you can't come to God unless you come through the priest or you come through the, the minister. Yeah, yeah. confession. Oh, um, I mean, come on. Haven't we grown past this? Isn't it time for all of us to have our own precious, sweet relationship with Jesus? It's about time. Well, well, it, it, I guess I understand the Bible says confess your sins to one another. I understand that, yeah. but that that doesn't mean <clears throat> what it's necessarily been set up as. Exactly. So yeah. it means something very different. There's some accountability there, but it also says in 1 John yeah. 1, 9 that we're to come confess our sins unto him for he yes. is just and faithful to cleanse us and to restore us and remove that transgression from us. He does it because we're the one that we confess the sins to in 1 John 1, 9. So I'm telling you, uh, we've got a long way to go, but I think we can do it in a short time. And actually, I had revelation about this. I think it was yesterday or the day before. I was doing my morning show and I got in a prophetic zone of revelation and I saw unity like I never saw it before. I began to talk about unity is not addition where this one in the body of Christ plus this one makes two. It's multiplication. But then the Lord just was beginning to reveal to me it was even more than multiplication that when you, cause you know, you know, the scripture one puts a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand, and flight, that's yeah. that's the multiplication of un- unity. Yes, but that agreement. multiplication yeah. doesn't even make sense. No, that it doesn't. Multi- no, in the spirit it does. So yeah, in the exactly. in the way the spirit operates, it does make sense. Now, one of the I'm going to tell everybody one of the first things in the occult that they are taught is agreement. Mm. It's built on fear and competition. Okay. But they are taught to agree, even if they don't necessarily like each other, even if this, they have to all come in agreement for the sake of a mission. They, so this is one of the first things the enemy teaches. Those who teach for him teach people in the occult. So how much, how important do you think it is then if the enemy is putting such importance on it? Yeah. In the kingdom of darkness, how much more important should it be to us in the body of Christ? We yeah. have we have to look at that. You know, the, Paul says we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. We have to understand to a degree how this operates. And if the enemy is putting an emphasis on that, we better take a good look. Yeah. That's strategy. That's strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Know your opponent. Know your opponent. Because when you find out who you are, one man said this, I, one of my stri- instructors at Bible school, Bible school, he said, you can't worship God if you don't know why you worship him. Now, obviously, you can't put 100% in that. That's a general statement. But there is some light to that. Like, why would I even want to worship a God until I understood the great, glorious, merciful, gracious things he's done for me. My worship for him comes out of the many times that he restored me when I fell away in stupidity and the many times I sinned and I shouldn't have sinned and I got angry and I did something I shouldn't have done and I just run to him like a prodigal son and he restores me immediately and I'm just covered with his grace and his peace again and his mercy and his forgiveness and his loving kindness and his forgiveness and I'm just like I can get lost in how glorious and wonderful 
and magnificent he is. So there's my fuel for worship. And then I can just pull right out of the word alone from the writings of David in the book of Psalms. I can find so many reasons him giving Jesus. I can find so many reasons to worship him. But it's so important for us to not just learn who he is, but for us to learn who we are. He has completely, when you receive Jesus, you're not the same. You've been completely relocated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. You have a citizenship from heaven. You have a complete new zip code in a whole nother planet. You're not even from here. He literally says you're an ambassador to this place. Although you were born here in your body, although you've been here all these years, you don't even belong here. He is loaning you. Listen to me. He is loaning you to this rock we called earth because there's a precious fruit that's not heard about him that he wants you to have a role in reaching. You are a very expensive loan. What's the price? The blood of Jesus. That's a, that's a good way to put it. It is true. That was the highest price that could have yeah. ever been paid. Yeah. And the Lord paid it. And there was an actual transaction that took place. Yeah. So he had to pay for something to receive the receipt yeah. that we were purchased. Yeah. So think about it that way. That's why Jesus said it is finished. The transaction is yeah. finished. He's loaning us. He's assigning us. The great commission is not a commission. It is the great commission. It is a, uh, you better be committed to the great commission because it's about showing signs and wonders and preaching and teaching and bringing God to the world who doesn't know him. They're so blinded. We're anointed to rip the scales off of their eyes. See, our nation has been in turmoil. There's been so much darkness. And I'm going to tell you, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is at fault. It's at great fault because it went sleepy and it went stupid and it covered its eyes and it got weak and it was right. sucking its passy instead of eating a good steak and potatoes and going going to work every day. And I'm telling you, it's, it needs a really good spanking, Amanda. And it actually has been getting one for a little bit, but the spanking is yet to come. Yeah, I'm getting that in the Holy Ghost. So here's all of this. I bring it to this one point. Mm-hmm. We, because we were the problem, we're the answer. Now, someone says, now, Marty, you're crazy. No, listen, God gave us the authority. God can do nothing in the earth unless he does it through his body. You know, if a head showed up on the scene, any scene, and the head starts doing stuff, people freak out. There's a head floating around taking care of business, and everyone's going to scream and run in fear. Jesus is not going to show up as the head and do things. No, he's going to attach to the body real good, get settled in, attaching to his body, the body of Christ, and he's going to use the hands and the feet and the legs and the muscles and the strength of the body and the authority given to the body to establish and finish the ministry that he started. So we are the answer as he works through us. And, you know, what's hard is part of the body has atrophied. Mm -mm. (laughs) Part of the body has atrophied and when a muscle atrophies it gets so weak it actually like almost shrivels and it can't be used so when somebody is fighting atrophy it is very difficult for them to use that part of the body because it is weak and it is um it is not nourished 
It is not exercised and it has been allowed to sort of shrivel and fade and become yeah. in this very weakened, vulnerable state. And yeah. part of the church that looks strong, and I only mean by appearance. So I mean by physical appearance with the lights yeah. and the smoke machines and the big congregations <laughs> and the this and the that is actually completely atrophied spiritually. There is complete yeah. spiritual atrophy there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the devil is good at what he does. He's got layers and layers of systems and schemes, twisted, perverted, demonic schemes. The devil, if he can't, if he can't get you distracted with the games and all the movies and life in general, and you know, I've got six iPhones, I got the hottest, best one, and I got this. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of these things, but the devil, whatever he can get you to look at with your time, your energy, and your money, and put those things before God, then we have a problem because. Jesus said in Matthew, seek first the kingdom. Jesus didn't say you can't seek other things. Just make sure the kingdom and the heart and the mind of the Father being established in the earth, make sure that's in first place, right? So the devil, if he can't stop us because we're the solution, that's what I'm saying tonight, we're the solution as he can work through us, to us and through us. If we're the solution and and the devil, if he can't stop us from praying with distractions, then he'll try to get our praying to be an error. And that's another thing sometimes we need to address. That's one of the things that I'm not trying to be the error police. I'm not trying to be, oh, the prayer police has showed up on the scene, Amanda. I'm not trying to be that, but there's the right way of doing it. And I'm telling you, Amanda, even on the reawaken tour, I'm telling you, I'm telling you there's so many areas where there has been prayer that I have heard that made my skin crawl. Oh, I know. I agree. No, I agree. You know, so in far out and left field in crazy land that I'm literally sitting there rolling my eyes like, what in the world are we doing? And and it's not in a judgmental way. It's a very concerned way because we finally got a group of a few thousand people excited to pray. But they're being led in such a weird, unbiblical way. I'm sitting there shaking my head like I can't believe this is taking place. So this isn't against anyone. This is, hey, we want to pray God's way. It brings the answers. So if the devil, if he can't shut your mouth, he'll he'll and try to steer you into error. Error, exhaust you, distract you. Yeah. Stir up problems you don't need. Uh, you know, you know, anything he can, uh, basically. And so um, that's when yeah. uh, your job is to resist. But I do agree that, yeah. you know, you see certain things and certain ways of praying or certain it, that it's so superficial. It has no depth. It's like a wafer. <laughs> yeah. No substance, <laughs> no calories, no meat, no weight, no nothing. Yeah. And it's like, poof, that's what it's like. You know, it just crumbles. And that's not the kind, that's not the kind of prayer the enemy is afraid of. I, I was in a, yeah, it, absolutely. I was in a service years ago and they asked for someone to get up and lead um, those there to the Lord. And I could tell you there probably could have been over 500 easily there that needed to hear the message of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and receive Jesus. 
And the gentleman got up and could not even lead the people to the Lord, tried, prayed just awfully wrong. It was, I was sitting there with tears in my eyes, like, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. When it was over and done, no one got saved. They were hungry too. They just weren't led into it. Even now, I go to bed that night. My heart is just crying out to God like, God, what? why did you let that happen? What, what just happened? People were there. They were there to receive you. And he's like, I don't even know how I can say this. Two o'clock in the morning, I'm laying there, can't even sleep. You know, I went to bed like 10 or 11. I'm laying there for hours, just uh-huh. kind of rolling around. And it was just like the Lord very clearly said to me, um, they allowed pride to try to rule the show and take care and let pride call the shots in that service, in that location. And pride could not get to a place for God to be able to work with it. And they were talking about, you know, who's the best name, who's the best person to come pray, you know, who's going to have the biggest following or whatever. And it literally was, and God said to me, they didn't ask me my plan for that time. And I couldn't, it's what he said to me because they refused to do what I asked them to do. He literally said to me, I could not bless that prayer. My hand had to be taken off of it because they were so wrapped up in pride and how they wanted to do it their way. Let me tell you something. There's error there. People will stand before God one day and answer for that moment in time. We have got to learn how to pray, how to pray. You know, how to's are the most powerful things of marketing, like how to buy a new car, how to open a bank account for the 21 year old, how to do. And that's why I have a newsflash for you, how to pray. We want to teach how to pray. We want to teach how to intercede according to the word. What did Abraham do with the Lord and the two angels there before they walked, made the the beautiful walk to Sodom? What happened there? We'll dig into that. We'll get in the nitty gritty, the nitty gritty. We'll get in and see how do you interact and you win the heart of the Lord over by ministering unto him so that he'll move then, move on your behalf. Because when you go to plead with the Lord, you got to bring some weight with you. To go plead with the Lord, pleading means you are bringing something in there that you're convincing him and negotiating with him. There's a pleading taking place for a city, for a state, for a nation. That's true. And Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Yeah. Yeah. Right? When they asked. Yeah. Sure did. taught them. And what did he teach them? The order is the most important of this. So when you look at this prayer, it's yeah. the order. Our Father, who art in heaven. So we're acknowledging where a father is. Hallowed be your name. What is it? <laughs> praise be to your name, O Lord. Blessed be your name. So praise comes first. Yeah. Praise comes first. Yes. Not what you want. Praise. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. So first praise, and then it's your will be done, Lord. Your kingdom come and your will be done and said on earth as it is in heaven. Now you get to the give us this day our daily bread. 
Now come to the asking part to give us what we need for the day, our daily bread, our daily substance. That's when the asking comes in, I think, is right there. After we've gone through everything else, right? Absolutely. And forgive us of our trespasses. So now we've asked for what we need. Now we ask for the forgiveness from the Lord. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. Lord, don't allow us to be be led into temptation and ensnared, but deliver us from evil. There's an order there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there is. There is. Mm -hmm. And the harvest, revival, praying for that is very special. And to not be in error, I mean, I mean, nobody wants to be in error. It's just yeah. we need to find what the word says, you know. We just need to get in line with the way God wants to pray. Now, obviously, likewise, the Spirit helpeth with our, um, with our weaknesses, making intercession in us and through us with groanings which cannot be uttered, praying for the saints. So there is a Holy Spirit-led, empowered prayer. But basically just being able to pray in line with the word, praying the word in line with the word for the nation. Because here's the one point I want to bring out as we probably come to a close here in the next little bit, is the point that many people, they just look at prayer as the answer for revival or harvest. Yeah. But it's not. It's the vessel that we bring the word to the people. The word of God is the answer. The word of God is the incorruptible seed that Peter talked about, that Mark 4 talks about, can be sown into the heart of man. Mark 4, the parable of the sower, in verse 13, it starts talking about Jesus is explaining the parable of the sower. And he says in verse 14, concerning the word of God, the sower, which is you and I, the sower sows the word. Well, if you and I sow God's word, what are we sowing it into? And it goes into verse 15, the very last of that, the word was sown into their hearts. So when we see the lost, when we see those separated from God, we have to understand that their heart, their inward man is the ground and we want that ground to be fertile. We want that ground to be um, watered. That's what prayer does. Prayer will prepare the heart of man and woman and mankind that it may receive the word. But what's the sowing the word? You don't sow the word by prayer. You sow the word by preaching and teaching. The word is preached and teached, and that's how we sow the word. And then as we pray, it tenderizes it. It like a, my daddy used to have a big potato garden, and he had a little hand tiller. You've seen those those things that work you over. Yeah. And he had a little hand tiller, and he would go break up the ground. He would till the ground. He would prepare the ground. He would soften the ground before he put the seed in it. Prayer prepares the heart of man the lost, that you can sow the seed in it. It tills it up. It prepares it. It causes the seed to be to be planted well in good soil. You can have good soil in a heart. You can have bad soil. It creates the heart of man, the lost, to be a good soil that can receive the seed of God's word as we preach and teach it. Now, So prayer prepared the heart. We sow the seed. Now what do we do in prayer? Now prayer will also water the seed sown so that fruit may come. It's a beautiful picture. It's just like farmers would do 
and 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 sowing into the ground at the heart of mankind and reaping a crop of unto salvation for them is no more um no more indifferent than a farmer just doing it in the field it's the same natural or spiritually natural process I think Amanda froze. There you go. You're back. Okay, there I am. I'm back. I don't know what's going on tonight with the internet, but something's up. Yeah. Yes. So there's the importance of prayer from the perspective where we're all coming to the edge of revival, these pockets of revival popping up. We're all coming to this edge of a great harvest soon coming. We believe. I know Robin Bullock's prophesied about it. The Lord has spoken to me multiple times about we're getting in the edge of that thing. It is coming, very coming. Robin talked about it coming just, it's, he said it wasn't years out. He saw months. He didn't say how many, but he saw months before we're into it. That's exactly what I saw as well. So how does prayer, how do we use that? How do we work with that? It's not all just about praying back dark. Satan, we're going to give you a black eye. Boom, Satan, we pray. Boom, Satan, we pray. No, we spend even more time praying, preparing the hearts of men and women that we can sow the word by teaching and preaching that that word. So that's where the laborers come in. Matthew, was it Matthew 9? Matthew 9, 36 through 39. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest, the farmer, the husbandman, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send us to go preach and teach into the field, into the harvest, so that the word of God will be sown into the hearts of mankind. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful scripture verse because that's exactly what happens. You sow the word. Yes. You sow the word first and foremost. That's what sowing is, is the word into the soil of people's hearts. And then sometimes the Lord sends somebody else to water it. And yeah, cultivate sure. it and grow it. It's a yeah. process sometimes. Sometimes you're only meant to drop the seed, and the Lord is going to send somebody else along to water it. What was that scripture? Was it Paul Planus, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase? Was that the scripture? Oh, and that sounds very familiar. I Hold think on. it was Paul may have planted, I planted Apollos, another minister. Well, how did how did he do that? Well, the planning was the preaching and teaching. All right, hold on. I'll tell you. It's 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So that neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. Yeah. So... At the very beginning of this show, I wanted to say that, yes, a nation, we're in turmoil. Yes, things can look challenging. Yes, even in my prayer, even in my prayer, I talked about some are in fear. Some don't know what tomorrow looks like. Some don't know their role. We just covered it. <laughs> you you take on a role of helping preach and teach and or take on a role of praying Because if you pray the right way, you're preparing people's hearts to receive from the teachers and preachers. Now, if you think about, oh, what's that other scripture, Amanda? There was that scripture, uh, was it Ephesians 2, that talked about how Paul said to pray for the ministers? Remember that one? Hold on, I'll tell you. Okay. 
Uh, for is it first? Hold on. Ephesians six, maybe or five. Oh, Ephesians. I'm seeing Hebrews uh, thirteen, First <laughs> Timothy two one through three, James five sixteen, which I don't think is it. Um, first Timothy two one through three. Pray for all. Let's see what this is. Pray for all men. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplication, <laughs> prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this I is good it. and acceptable in the sight of our Savior. That's the one I found. What's the one you're talking about? Go to go to Ephesians six nineteen and twenty and read that one. Okay, <clears throat> Ephesians six and nineteen through twenty. Yes, ma'am. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, so that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Yeah. So yes. Paul is saying, and I'm reading this, I believe, in the New King James, it says, pray for me also. Pray yeah. for me. So Paul's like speaking to those churches, you know, the church of Ephesus, he's poured into them. He was the apostle. He might have even operated as a little pastor there for a while. I'm not sure of the history there, but he helped birth them and bring them to where they were. And he's saying, pray for me that I will preach the right message, that I'll have boldness, that I'll proclaim fearlessly what I should. So this is how you can pray for your preacher. This is how you can pray for the preachers and the teachers that sow the word into the good ground of the people that you've been praying and preparing their heart. See, when you pray, the Holy Spirit moves upon the precious fruit of the earth. It prepares that soil, that rough, rigid soil. It tenderizes it. It makes it um, where the seed can actually penetrate. You know, hard soil, the seed is just sitting up on top. But if you tenderize that soil with praying for them by the Holy Ghost, the seed will go in the soil. And then you keep on praying and the Holy Spirit can water it. So then we pray for these preachers. The preachers and the teachers, the laborers sent out there that preach and teach to sow that seed. And this is how we pray for them, that they do it with boldness, that they do the truth that open their mouth may give in boldly the mystery of the gospel. The reason why he said mystery of the gospel is because the precious fruit of the earth is a mystery to them and half of the preachers. It's a mystery to half the preachers. Half the preachers don't even know how to sow the gospel, don't even know how to get the word sown into the heart of a man or a woman. That's true. As ministers, Amanda, we, we know how to inject the word into someone. It's called just working with the Holy Spirit. That's what he does best. We can speak and teach, and it will go and create faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It will create faith inside someone to rise up and begin to act upon the word. Amen, and it's true, and that's a good word to use, inject. That's the thing you should be injecting yourself with, by the way. Come on now, that's good. Is the Mm. word of God. Uh, that penetrates deep into the soul and begins to deal with things sometimes that are in the soul that people don't even know are there. But it's true. You have to know. And I think what happens sometimes is people that are not, how do I put this, anointed to necessarily do it, step outside Hmm. their lane. Yeah. And they try to injected in a way that it shouldn't be injected yeah i think that's the name of your next book cover self-injection 
Self-injection by Amanda Grace. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice, Marty. <laughs> Marty just came up with the cover of my book. I thought it was well, baptism by fire, but. That's <laughs> just that's just what today, that's what we just call today, baptism by fire. But Today, yeah, yes. Yeah, today, yep, was. Absolutely. Ha ha, kisa maku. Demasika la meninike. On dos civic topics to blanket em slivic tek domaki de maka. Ha de besilo maklemenima. Well, de most full of a deng domag now. Lord, I'm a sequel de best full of my minini. Topic de manoni deck de beke. Thank you, Lord. So, Amanda, I'm kind of like I'm praying for you. And so I'm a siklo beit fola bistvati men demakdu bissimalanima. Ha ha heke demak demeke. The hand of the Lord is going to put everything in place. And there's been question marks. And now you and I have talked, so I know from a natural perspective, but I'm still inclined by him to speak. I'm not doing it out of me. And I just see that the hand of the Lord just wanted to give you some reassurance that he knows everything and his hand has already moved upon the things needing adjustment. And so just just fight the fight of faith to enter into that rest. It's where his people, the 3,000 in the wilderness, it's why the wilderness took so long, because they resisted rest. So embrace it. You've been graced for it. Ha ha. So just embrace it, for you've been graced for it. And do what you should do in the natural. Do what the natural is needing and calling for, and the supernatural will be done by him very swiftly. Very slip and a re I heard the word realignment of things and adjustments, but I see that he's going to do those things because of faithfulness, because of the call because of the anointing, and because what he starts, he finishes. He finishes that that he starts. And his hand is moving already. Yeah, I see moving like playing chess. I see like he took the king, the king on a chessboard, and moved it into place. Yeah, so take that as you will. I saw that, taking the king, just moving and adjusting into place. Adjustments are being made by the hand of the Lord. He's the master chess player, and he's faithful. So, so, yeah, kota messi, lakto, haha, misa, miso, nasi. It's like you've been standing it's like you've been standing at the edge of, of a field. It's like you've been standing at the edge of a field looking across the field and you could see 
all that's in the field that's coming up ahead. But I see and I'm prompted to tell you that he's moving you to the edge of time. Now, that's a place for prophets, a very special place, and that he'll move you out to the edge of time and that when you look out from that place, things are not even created yet. And from that place, you will speak creation through his unction at a greater anointing than ever before. Yeah, that even this nation will give yield, will yield and give, um, give heed to this voice of yours because it's not yours, it's his. See, now there's fire, see, fire refines. So fire I have to say, it just sometimes really sucks, but fire refines. It refines, it refines, it refines, it refines. And so it's the refining of fire in this interesting hour. It's the refining of fire in this interesting hour that's taking you out to the edge of time. For the office will be replaced out the edge of time where the You're no longer looking at a field in front of you of things created. You'll be standing on the edge of creation. You'll be standing on the edge of light for when he said light be and light begin to spread and go light still moving. It's never stopped and he'll take you to the edge of light because that's the most predominant place to pierce darkness with the words that you say. So let it be known unto you this hour, says the Lord. These things I have spoken to you. And so rest, rest, for I've prepared everything. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I found it interesting. Praise the Lord. That was amazing, Marty. Yeah, praise God. Praise the Lord for that. Yes. God is good. I'll have to get the transcript of that. I'll sell it to you from my website at twenty nine ninety five. I'm just joking. <laughs> joke. What? That was a bad joke. Sorry, everybody. So I always finish good prophecy with a good joke or a yes, bad joke. So, but that yeah. was. And I want yeah. to get the transcript for that. I think our team is able to get the transcript. Yes. Praise the Lord. So I have it and I can I can put it in my room. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Praise God. Praise well, Lord. we love you. We appreciate your time tonight. Thank you, Marty, for coming on. You and Princess yeah. Andouille. Princess Andouille is one sweet with, little thing. She's just. presence. <coughs> Princess Andouille sounds like she has a cold. No, that's her singing, put your head on my shoulder. <coughs> it is. While she's singing, put your head on my shoulders, we've got <laughs> private eyes are watching you. <laughs> you know that song? Yep. That's it right there. I'm not sure if I know that song. Go ahead and belt that out. Let me hear that. I am not belting out. Come on. (laughs) No, I am not belting out private eyes right now, Marty. (laughs) Not with Chet screaming like a lunatic. (laughs) Let's end with Chet. I'll grab Chet quick so everybody, because he has been. Yeah, I would love to see Chet. See, when the anointing moves, he starts to scream. I'm not even. Can he do the Andy Griffith? Because I haven't seen that in a few weeks now. Okay, let's see what he can do. Okay, ready? Are you ready for your close-up? Hallelujah. Glory. Are you ready? 
Yes. Here he is. Oh. You going to start singing? You took a deep breath. He's blowing kisses. He usually goes into singing after this. You ready? You gonna sing? Come on, Chet. We really need you, buddy. It's been a long day. You gonna sing? He started. That was very good, Chet. At first, I thought he was doing The Devil Went Down to Georgia, but he definitely ended up on the Andy Griffith Show. He did. Oh, thank God he ended up there, honestly. Otherwise, (laughs) we'd all be in trouble, Marty, honestly. We'd all be in trouble on that one. Good boy. Okay. Good job, Chet. Good job, Chet. Well, thank you, Chet. Thank you, Chet. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Marty, for joining us. Love you, guys. See you soon. Okay. Thank you, everyone. This concludes Grace Out Loud for tonight. Thank you for joining us. Um, I think I'm going to be on tomorrow with Clay Clark. So we rescheduled it for tomorrow. And being on with Clay and Pastor Jackson Lawmeyer, by the way, he's the head of, I think it's Pastors for Trump. I'm, I'm going to double check that, but Pastor Jackson Lohmeyer of Sheridan Church is going to be on with Clay tomorrow. We will announce it. I think it's 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, that we are all going to be on together, and we will be discussing many things, so we hope to join you then. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Keep the faith. Armor up according to Ephesians 6. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. Goodbye, everyone, and good night.
Hello, everyone. This is Amanda Grace, and I wanted to tell you, if you are interested in where you should invest financial matters, if precious metals, if gold and silver is something that you should invest in or should be a part of your portfolio, please go to bh-pm.com. That is bh-pm.com. Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Andrew Sorcini, who has been on Art of Grace before, he loves to answer our viewers' questions, is more than happy to guide you and to answer your questions and to help you in those financial matters. So please go to bh-pm.com today. Thank you, everyone. God bless. You want to support an amazing patriot that's doing so much for our country and be a blessing, you can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code ARK, A-R-K, to save up to 66% or sometimes more off of all MyPillow products. They are so much more than just pillows. They have amazing bathrobes. They have sheets. They have slippers. They, of course, have pillows. And they even have dog beds and i will tell you a fun fact noble our pig at the animal sanctuary that many of you know and love has indeed slept on a my pillow dog bed so if you'd like to be a blessing go to mypillow.com and use promo code arc god bless everyone if you are looking for an excellent doctor if you are looking to get healthier if you are looking for guidance go to sherwood.tv forward slash Amanda Grace. Dr. Mark Sherwood and his lovely wife, Dr. Michelle, have the Functional Medical Institute in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Both myself and my husband, Chris, and let me tell you, God bless Dr. Sherwood because Chris was a top nut to crack on this. But Chris is finally on board and we are both patients of his. I have to tell you, they have helped us tremendously. They also have an amazing line of products that are excellent for your health and can help you get your health back on track. So if you would like to make an appointment with them or you want to go see uh, what they are all about, what products they have, you can go to Sherwood.tv forward slash Amanda Grace. If you would like to grow your own food with what we see going on right now in the world with not only food supplies, but what they are doing to our food, you can go to amandagracegrows.com. These are amazing hydroponic growers. In fact, we have one in our parrot room, and this is an indoor one we have where you can grow food all year round, actually. Vegetables all year round. And we are doing that, actually, for our birds and our animals at our sanctuary. They also have outdoor ones. They actually yield 30% more and grow the vegetables three times faster. So if you would like to learn more, go to amandagracegrows.com. God bless. And I have to tell you something, they work. It is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics, over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar, anxiety, pain, neuropathy, immune system boost, dog pain. They are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma. We are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and, and, and blood sugar and a host of other issues. I yeah. tried the pain patches and yeah, I gave them I to my uh, VP of operations also, Ronnie. And she said they worked as well. She was yeah. quite shocked, actually, but she said they worked. So, and they worked when I used them. When you connect it to your body, the skin patch changes your brainwaves. This one is neuropathy. I actually have it on. And we use this on Toby, actually, because Toby's about eight years old. And from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, 
He has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I walked him out and wow, he's boom. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> so it's good. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda Grace. I'm coming to you today to talk to you about Reawaken America. I have been humbled and honored to be a part of Reawaken America since April 2021 when the first one was had at Rima Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I have to say, I have watched so many amazing moments happen for the glory of God at Reawaken America. And seeds get planted in the lives of those that are still seeking the Lord. We have seen many people uh, get set free, healed, delivered. Uh, we love to pray over people at Reawaken America. Um, I have prayed with so many uh, amazing people, which include Marty Grisham from Loudmouth Prayer, Prayer, Pastor Todd Coconado, uh, who also deals in deliverance as well. And it has been uh, an honor and a privilege to pray for so many people, to be able to minister to them, for my husband Chris to be able to minister as well, and uh, for, for Clay and General Flynn to allow me to, to even speak there, to even speak and, and speak what the Lord has to say. People need the word of the Lord in this hour. That is what they need. Uh, and so... Reawaken America has been a chance for people to come and not only hear the word of the Lord um, and hear biblical teaching and be prayed for, but also to get necessary information they need because the word of God says it is the knowledge of the truth that will set you free. Um, and so it's been an incredible experience for us. We hope to see you at upcoming events uh, that are coming up this year. Uh, and we are excited to see you there. God bless everyone.